We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Known for being a fearsome crime boss, Ellsworth Raymond Bumpy Johnson ruled the Harlem neighborhood of New York City in the mid-20th century. For more than 30 years, Bumpy Johnson was famous for being one of New York City's most revered and feared crime bosses. His wife called him the Harlem Godfather, and for good reason. Known for ruling Harlem with an iron fist, he dealt with anyone who dared challenge him in a brutal fashion. Based on a true story and starring Oscar winner Forrest Whitaker, Godfather of Harlem, now in its third season on Hulu, is inspired by the life of infamous crime boss Bumpy Johnson. What has been referenced as a collision of the criminal underworld and the civil rights movement during one of the most tumultuous times in American history, The Godfather of Harlem has quickly become a hit across demographics. An industry trailblazer with a unique perspective and dedication to showcasing the Black experience in his work. Here with us to share the real story behind The Godfather of Harlem and more about the hit show, to discuss his notable career, and to talk more about diversity in the entertainment industry. We have creator, actor, and executive producer of Hulu's Godfather of Harlem, Mr. Marquand Smith. I am Maggie B. Nellen, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. Mr. Marquand Smith, welcome to the show, man. How you doing today? Thank you for having me, Ramses. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Looks like you're on the move, man. I've been I've been uh, doing some research on you, yeah. making the rounds. Yeah, you know, um, it's so important to us that we're on season three right now, and yep. it's such an arc in this season that's different from season one and season two that we get the uh, you know the narrative of the show out there, and um, we are one of the highest rated shows that they ever had. So it's you know. I want to keep pressing and pressing and pressing. Keep on, keep on it. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. I've been seeing it. You're the man right about now. So that's that's uh, my hats off to you, sir. So um, here on this show, on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, we like to start at the beginning. So for our uh, listeners who may not be as familiar with you and your work, uh, do us a favor, share a bit about yourself, uh, specifically your background, your upbringing, and what led you to the career path that you have. So, that's a great, great question. Um, grew up in Harlem, Harlem, New York. Was raised in Far Rockaway, Queens. If anybody from New York, people in Rockaway is the last stop on the A train. They don't even consider it Queens. They just call it Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in the entertainment industry. My older brother is a rapper by the name of Thee. 
So I was always around uh, creating content in some sort of way, whether it's uh, scripted or music and things of that sort. Uh, where I grew up at was nothing but housing projects out there. So it wasn't really a lot of things for a, a young black man to do at that time. Um, imagine uh, you have uh, 20 buildings and they all warring with each other, trying to share the same McDonald's or to share, share to get the same slice of pizza. You yeah. know, what I used to do was uh, to drown that noise out. I used to lock myself in a room and just watch movies. I used to watch Rebel Without a Cause, Raging Bull, down these mean streets. Um, one of my favorite movies is Once Upon a Time in America, directed by Sergio Leone. And watching these movies, I was able to escape the reality of what was happening outside around me. And they became these imaginary characters. And I just fell in love with the art of creating content, whether it was acting, producing, directing, or even writing. Now, uh, you you mentioned something that your older brother was uh, Father MC. Um, I heard that right, right? Yes, you did. Okay, okay. So we we can't just uh, gloss over that. What what was it like <laughs> with Father MC as your older brother? Well, you know, it. My brother, he really gave me the initiative of never giving up about tenacity. I mean, he used to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Everybody used to call him the flower guy, right? Mm -hmm. Because he used to come out on his breaks and he would have flour all over himself from frying a chicken. But he always had these dreams and aspirations of becoming a rapper. Mm -hmm. And I remember us hopping on the A train and going to like seminars, like the new music seminar, or going to out, out of town to Jack the Rapper and trying to get a record deal. You know, staying up late at night at Howie T Studio in Brooklyn, taking that train all the way back to Far Rockaway. So, you know, one day he finally was able to get his deal with Andre Harrell, rest in peace, who was the president of Uptown MCA Records. My brother gave me an opportunity to travel the world. Uh, one of my good friends was uh, Tupac Shakur, and we were both roadies. So being a roadie is like, it's the grunt work, you know, for your audience. Like, I had to be the first one off the bus, the last one on. And um, Tupac was a roadie for Digital Underground. I was a roadie for Father Trutch, was a roadie for Latifah. So we had this uh, common bond, myself and Pac, about just trying to achieve things. You know, I remember Pac telling me, you know, I just want to have a, a number one record. I just want to be on a big screen. I just want to keep creating, creating. And that's how I felt as well. Um, mm -hmm. It took me 18 years to get Godfather Harlem done. Uh, I remember going to Lennox Terrace. And Lennox Terrace is a, is, it's a uh, community in Harlem that... A lot of affluent people live there, politicians, actors, musicians. Um, and I used to go to my my godmother. Her name is Margaret Johnson. Margaret is played by Demi Singleton on The Godfather of Harlem. Uh, if everybody knows, Demi was played Serena Williams in King Richard. Mm -hmm. And um, she used to tell me these magical stories about Harlem, how she used to walk out of a tenement building and smell fresh laundry hanging out of a window or walk past 125th Street, look up, you see James Brown's name on the marquee. Mm. Walk past Sugar Ray Robinson's barbershop, you see his pink Cadillac. Mm -hmm. Or you may be, maybe even seeing Nat King Cole waiting to get a haircut. Or Sam Cooke's voice coming out of a transistor radio. So these magical stories about Harlem was just so amazing. I look forward every Sunday to go to her house just to hear these stories. And she also told me about how African-Americans migrated from the South coming up north, whether it's Virginia, whether it's New Jersey, whether it's New York, trying to escape Bull Connor's water hoses and his dogs, and they were still facing racism. It was one of the most tumultuous times in African-American history. Yeah. In Harlem, uh, to purchase a hat, 
simple things walking into the store, purchase the hat to throw on him. He say, you know, I want you to put a shower cap in your head because he didn't want the hat to touch your scalp because you were African American. Yeah. Or a family of four, the father worked all week and wants to just treat his family to a steak dinner. You can't eat inside with the rest of the patrons. You got to take it to go. And she also told me about her grandfather. His name is Ellsworth Raymond Johnson. The streets know him as Bumpy. He migrated from Charleston, South Carolina. He's a Geechee. Mm -hmm. And he didn't come up to New York to become a gangster. He actually came up to New York to become an attorney like Malcolm X. But when the bursar's office said, uh, we don't get financial aid to people of color, he took the cards that he was dealt with and played it the best way that he could. Mm -hmm. He was the first African-American uh, mob figure that sat down with the five families, whether it was Lucky Luciano, whether it was Frank Costello, Vito Genovese, Bugsy Siegel, you know, these are the 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 the, the roots of the La Cosa Nostra or the mafia, and right. they allowed a black man to sit at the table. The warden at Alcatraz said he had the highest rated IQ he ever saw for a, per, uh, a person of color. But he wasn't just like I said a gangster. He was also um, a philosopher. He read Nietzsche. He read Shakespeare. His rumors that he beat Bobby Fischer in chess. So she wanted me to get the real story of who her grandfather was, not what you saw in Harlem. That was a great movie. Not what you saw in uh, American Gangster or The Cotton Club, but who he was as an individual. And I made her promise over 18 years ago that I would go make that happen for her. So so naturally, that's kind of the nexus of uh, the Godfather of Harlem. That was the inspiration uh, to bring that was this the, particular story to life. That was the inspiration. Not only that, uh, when you're pitching shows... Uh, the log line has to make sense in one simple sentence. And the log line for the Godfather of Harlem is the corruption of civil rights or the collision of civil rights in the underworld. Mm. And doing that, you know, my favorite show is one of my favorite shows was uh, Tony Soprano. You never saw the on TV, the relationship between a mob boss and his therapist, Walter White, a chemistry teacher, Breaking Bad. He's selling methamphetamines. Why? Because he needs to get money to afford the treatment. That's what's going going on in his body at the time. So with what you're seeing with, with Bumpy Johnson, you're seeing a, a character that's introducing Harlem. He's our portal to enter Harlem. Mm -hmm. And that was our way to be able to show the relationship between Malcolm and uh, Bumpy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, I remember that the scene where, uh, there was um bumpy johnson and malcolm and they like confronted a group of i'm not sure if they were italian not or or not but a, a group of they were white and they had you know their pistols and then you know bumpy points to the rooftops yeah. and he's like hey we came out deep too they so, were definitely they were definitely italian and um yeah okay there we go <laughs> bumpy had his way of you know we don't take away the fact that he is a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. Not trying to make him a hero. Mm -hmm. Just because you bought kids book bags to go to school or you uh, bought some family, some turkeys on Thanksgiving Day, or you sent kids away to college, doesn't take away from how you poison the community. Mm -hmm. But he was also a, a troubled individual fighting with his demons. Whether it's yeah. the good angel on the right shoulder and the devil on the left, he was trying to figure out how he could be righteous in the cause that was dealt to him. And that was Malcolm and, and him coming together and Malcolm trying to, you know, show him I was Detroit red. I was a pimp and look at me right now. Yeah. Some of the things that Malcolm talks about Bumpy believes in and some of the things he doesn't. 
So it was a constant conversation that's happening in these three seasons with Malcolm and Bumpy. You know, that's one of the things that I noticed, too, is that um, from from where I sit, uh, I'm not going to pretend to know the full story of Bumpy Johnson. I've never been the sort of person who's been really into like gangster movies, in particular Italian gangster movies. Um, but in watching what I have seen of uh, The Godfather of Harlem, uh, it did seem like you were um, telling a story as authentically as I've ever seen. And uh, the, as you mentioned, like sort of the portal into um, Harlem and uh, the portal indeed into Bumpy Johnson's uh, lifestyle, uh, psyche, et cetera. I think what it has shown, at least what I took from it, uh, is that people are complicated. You know, yep. there are people that, you know, pass out turkeys and and they're drug dealers. There are people who, you know, sell drugs, but they want to live. And this is the way that they can, you know, pay for treatment. And, you know, I, I learned this some years back with um, uh, Kobe Bryant. I learned it with I mean, there's there, there's a list of endless list of names of people who we idolize and espouse you know their track record and then they make a mistake and you start to realize that folks are complicated and so again um i really do feel like you didn't shy away from one part of this or another part of it it feels as authentic as i've ever seen with that said again uh i'm talking about it from a cinematic perspective i'm not comparing it to many other gangster movies so uh credit to you for that thank you so much uh authenticity was very key to this uh you know, obviously, I'm much younger. <laughs> I didn't live in that time. Mm -hmm. But so we, we brought on a, a individual by the name of Professor James Smalls. James Smalls is an African-American historian. I used to be a professor at City College, but he was also Malcolm X's sister's bodyguard when Malcolm X passed away. So having him on set made sure the authenticity was as close as we can get, mm -hmm. you know, from the mannerisms of Muslim women, Muslim men, to even the 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 lingo and the history and the movements and things of that sort. So being authentic was very important because when you're putting out a product that the world is looking at, you really don't have time for any mistakes. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We are here today with creator, actor, and executive producer, Mr. Marquand Smith, discussing his Hulu hit, The Godfather of Harlem, learning about his notable career, as well as talking more about the overall importance of diversity in the entertainment industry. Now, um, speaking of, you know, not making any mistakes, I'm sure that this was a challenging thing to pull off. You mentioned that you were working on it for 18 years, or at least you had the uh, inspiration to do this uh, and kind of followed it up for 18 years. So uh, these sorts of things, as we know, um, don't often see the light of day. Uh, Were there many challenges on your path to getting this to season three? even now nah, it was easy it was a slam dunk nice. okay cool <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing man uh brother i think this is one of the hardest journeys of my life mm-hmm. we got turned down by three networks we got turned down twice by one network stars turned us down netflix turned us down apple turned us down because they didn't see the vision mm-hmm. and um I tell people all the time, a lot of people want success, but are you ready for what success brings? Are you ready to eat tuna fish sandwiches? Are you ready to eat ramen noodles? Are you ready to sleep on somebody's floor because you can't afford a hotel? Are you ready to say, hey, uh, Ramses, I need you got any access to buddy passes because I have a meeting on Monday and I got to leave out on Sunday. I tell people all the time, you could chase your pension or chase your passion. That's up to you. I decided to chase my passion because um, when you knock an opportunity door and doesn't open for you, go to Home Depot, buy some lumber, create your own path. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember sleeping on the garage floor of my writer's 
how I was just going through notes, skeleton scripts, just because of the vision. It was it was not easy because at the end of the day, all the executives think about is the ROI, what's their return on investment. They're not thinking about anything else. They want to know how are we making money. It was a great concept of how are we making money. And, you know, we're in a time where the word Harlem means, oh, God, you got another urban urban film. But it's not urban. We have such a diverse cast. We have a diverse writer's room. Just that word Harlem scared people. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was very hard. If it wasn't for an individual who believed in this project by the name of Michael Wright, who just came from Steven Spielberg's company, Amblin Entertainment, and him saying, in the room, because I came back to New York. I mean, I was... I was almost defeated, man. But I, I never believed in having a plan B. I've always had a stick to your plan A because if you plan on having a plan B, that means you really don't believe in your plan A. That's my thought. And um, I came back to New York in January and uh, we got after getting turned down three times. I mean, my big brother, Forrest Whitaker, is in a room with me pitching. So it's not just he's in the trenches with me. Chris Brancato, who created Narcos, is in the trenches with me. Paul Lexstein, James Atchison, uh, Nina Yang Bon Jovi in the trenches. So we're pitching and pitching and um, came back to New York and it was a no go. Everybody said no. And um, I mean, I remember this story like it was yesterday. I'm in my uh, my mother's house and she's like, baby, don't you want to try something else? And I looked at her and there was one last meeting that I couldn't attend because I didn't have any money to get back to L.A. And um, had my phone off. So uh, I knew I was going to get a call, but I didn't want to answer the call because I didn't want to get another no. And Forrest was calling me like seven times and finally picked up the phone, turned it on. And he said, why don't you pick up your phone? He said, we just sold the show in the room. So I went upstairs and I hit my mother in the head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was one of the most... um, it was one of the most joyous days to know that this is so surreal that this is really happening. Yeah. And what really touched me was when a teamster walked up to me in season one and said, uh, thank you for never giving up because you're not giving up. Allow me to feed my family for the next six months. I like that. You know, um, that was uh, where I was going to go with it. You kind of went there already, but um, there's a lot of opportunities. Not only are you, uh, making black history yourself but you know you're creating a lot of opportunities for uh people in a space where we the black community have been insisting that more opportunities be created so again i salute you and then of course you know the uh the um what was it uh you can chase your your passion or you can chase your pension chase your pension or chase your passion i'm 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 starting to to realize that you're you're full of these uh insightful little quotes and and uh i was going to bring up the fact that you were on a uh godfrey's podcast yeah and you dropped a few gems i'm going to read a couple of them here uh there are no bunk beds in the graveyard um don't chase your pets chase your passion uh don't look at my glory listen to my story uh trying to stay sucker free in a world full of lollipops um so so do us a favor because i know our time is running short but do us a favor um elaborate a bit more about what these things mean to you and what they should mean to other folks because 
uh, obviously there are people that are looking at your success like man that's crazy people that have similar passions um yeah. and they can look to you they can look to your brother even and see that you know things are possible uh folks from from Harlem uh folks from Brooklyn folks from all, all over New York and indeed all over the country uh so um just just uh elaborate a bit more on sort of what what these things mean to you and what they should mean to other folks so when I said there's no bunk beds in the graveyard, it's basically mm -hmm. saying this, Ramses. If the Grim Reaper comes and knocks on your door today, mm -hmm. you can't call Chris, right? Or anyone else and say, you know, it's time for us to go. Yeah. No, it's time for you to go. Yeah. Right? That's why I said is there's no bunk beds in the graveyard. Yeah. When you leave this world, you leave by yourself, you know? I never saw a uh, armored truck chasing a hearse. Like it's that's it's it's so simple. And when I'm saying I'm trying to stay sucker free in a world full of lollipops, meaning the fact I'm trying to stay away from suckers. I'm trying to turn my circle into squares. Back in the days when you used the lingo square, right? Square yeah. was supposed to be corny and boring. Yo, he's a square, right? Right. I'm corny. I'm boring. I love that, you know. So I changed my circles from where I came from into squares. Okay. So. These are some of the things that I I I, I live by, yeah. you know. Um, I want to do a book based on these sayings, you know, explaining to people what I mean and yes. and adapt to, adapting to my life That's of what it. I That's what I've been through. That's you. We need that book. We all need that book. <laughs> so so yeah, I appreciate you uh, humoring me and answering that question. Um, just a couple more quick ones before we go. Um, let's say, uh, for instance, uh, some of our listeners today have not seen the godfather of harlem um why should they tune in first of all the show is inspirational um my job i wanted to do was create a show that brought family together i remember growing up watching the cosby show and being very excited about just watching the show with my mother and my father and sitting down in the living room i think we're missing that experience especially in a black household mm -hmm. and but the way that we were going about doing it was to make sure that we could bridge both demographics because music was key. Mm -hmm. So I tell people to watch the show because you're going to get your favorite artists. You might hear Rick Ross. You might hear Martha and the Vandellas. You might hear Sam Cooke. You might hear uh, G Herbo or Zendaya. You know, it's it's a show for everybody. It's a show for everyone telling real narratives. And the, the saying history repeats itself is so true because if you look at it, look, the Ferguson riots or the Harlem riots. Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick, that's Muhammad Ali all mm -hmm. over again, right? right? So the juxtaposition just shows that history is parallel, as we can see with George Floyd, as we can see what just happened in Memphis. These things are still happening in America today. So just to make the POV of the world of yesterday collide with the world of today was so interesting to me, and I think people need to watch it and see. I love that answer. Um, so uh, do us a favor. Uh, besides season three, uh, besides the the upcoming book that we've decided that you're going to work on and that we're, we're going to all purchase. Oh, man, maybe you could help me, brother. <laughs> Listen, man, let's, let's, let's collab on it, man. I'd love that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, but besides those, is there anything else that you're working on uh, oh, yeah. that you need to know about? Yes, yes. Um, I have an amazing project I'm working on with uh, Joe Morton. And uh, Joe Morton is your actor's favorite actor. He played uh, uh, Papa Pope on Scandal. Okay. And um, 
We're right now, we're doing it with uh, Matt Carnahan, who created House of Lies on Showtime with Don Cheadle. And it's a TV series, you know, about D.C. from 85 to 90, about Reaganomics, capitalism, socialism. It's about the haves and the have-nots. You know, Len Bias, John Thompson times. Um, just showing a city divided. I'm very excited about that. I'm looking forward to taking that out. Hopefully, I won't get three no's <laughs> and, uh, and get that sold. But it's very exciting. And I want to use Gogo music as the heartbeat of the show because Gogo music was DC's native language. And I went to HBCU. I went to Morgan. And uh, just coming down to Howard, I remember the epitome of what a black Mecca would be. And that was Washington, D.C. You know, it was called Chocolate City at the time. So I'm very excited about that. I have another project I'm doing with George Tillman and Bob Title. It's called Once a Cop. George Tillman, he did Mud Mudbound, The Hate You Give, and they're doing a new Bob Marley movie on Paramount. Um, and this one is called Once a Cop with Ed Bonero, who created Criminal Minds and Third Watch. And Once a Cop is a story about a guy by the name of Corey Pegues. You could actually see his documentary on Hulu. It was called Cops and Robbers. And he used to sell drugs for a notorious gang in Queens called the Supreme Team. When he decided that he didn't want to sell drugs anymore after they told him to kill someone and his gun jammed, he went away to the Army, came back and became one of the highest ranked African-American police officers in New York City. He was deputy inspector. I mean, he has he was writing police reform. He has double masters and when he went on the combat jack podcast to let kids know that i did it you can do it too and wrote a best new york times bestselling novel the commissioner ray kelly found out his past and they tried to take his pension his uh his his stripes mm -hmm. everything that he earned and worked for they tried to take away from him because of what he did in his past so i'm looking forward to getting that done as well too okay well you got your your work cut out for you, but they all uh, yeah, sound man. like excellent. I like to make stories. I like make I like to make history cool. I call, you know, everybody has their lane. Fifty has his lane. Um, Lena Waite has her lane. Issa Rae has a lane. I like to make history cool. I like I call it edutainment. I learned that from KRS One. You educating and you entertaining at the same time. Yeah, that works for me. All right. Well, how about this? Um, so that the people can uh, keep up with you, uh. Let's let's uh, list your social media websites, anything like that, just so folks can uh, stay stay tuned, stay tapped in. Uh, my Instagram is Marquan. That's at M A R K U A N N, and uh, MarquanSmith.com is my website. Okay, all right, perfect, man. Well, listen, thank you for for coming on uh, and sharing your insight and your stories, and of course, thank you for your commitment. Uh, to telling these stories, the, to edutainment, and of course, to uh, to black people, in my estimation. Um, and uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what else is to come. Please come back on the show. Uh, Thank, and you. Share Thank you. Share all your work with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank Once again, me. ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is creator, actor, and executive producer of Hulu's Godfather of Harlem, which is in season three. Mr. MGM Plus. It's it's MGM Plus Hulu. And we're on Amazon now. I love it. I love it. Even more. Even more. There you go. So uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marquand Smith. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm Maggie B. Nowen, And today I'll leave you with this. Quote, education is the passport to the future or tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Unquote. In addition to the powerful comments shared throughout today's conversation, 
these encouraging words from Bumpy Johnson's longtime associate, the late, great Malcolm X. Remind us of the importance of education and preparation in creating a better future for ourselves and others. Demonstrating a prime example of how hard work, determination, and talent can lead to a lifetime of purposed experience and successful outcomes. Let us leave today's discussion with Mr. Marquand Smith, both informed and inspired. Looking forward to tuning into The Godfather of Harlem for its entertaining yet historical account of some of our community's most important history. More motivated to supporting our Black creatives in all arenas and motivating each other as we continue to strive for excellence. May we continue to be committed to claiming our seats elongating tables, telling our authentic stories, and creating an ever-brightening future for ourselves and our community. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. We'd love to hear from you. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Shaw on all social media. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.